It's time to hammer. Okay. Oh, I got to really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. The Young Chunks Podcast. Young Chunks! Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Yum Chunks podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. I'm Sean. I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And I'm Vince. Hey, we're all here. Well, Matt's not here. He'll be back, though. Don't worry. Matt yeah, could be here so tonight. so we're all here. <laughs> Dang. Oh, Ouch. snap. Ouch. Take already, that, Chewy. Already some drama. Episode two, and we're already hitting in a deep drama. Stay um, tuned for all of the drama to come. <laughs> we're, we secretly have this underlying story that's going to go throughout this season. You're spoiling of... it. Oh, sorry. Um, well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about... Let's see. We're going to be talking about a couple things, but... Quiet Place, primarily. Um, film that came out recently. Shh, shh, everyone quiet. Um, which we'll give you our <laughs> thoughts on. We'll give you full, in-depth analysis, play-by-play, every quiet moment in that movie. Um, but before that, what have been people up to? Been pe- people been up to? <laughs> Vince, I heard you, you just you just flew in. <laughs> I've been up to all kinds of people, Boy, guys. Let me tell you about started. it. Okay, well, I just got back from Hawaii uh, yesterday, and uh, let's see, I, I saw the island. There was some lizards and some fishes in the water. Uh, there was a big, big fat puffer fish that lived next to us. His name well, was Earl. Checks and out. That's Hawaii. He's been to Hawaii. <laughs> he's, that's Hawaii. That's all the criteria. <laughs> if you see Earl, you know you're in Hawaii. <laughs> I actually went to a sandwich place called Earl's. This is not a product. Uh, placement or advertising for it, but delicious sandwich, delicious. Ooh. It had Vince pork belly. Well, right all now. of our Hawaiian listeners, check out Earl's. <laughs> also, check out your local ABC store. You can oh, find gosh. them on two on every corner. Gosh, it's like they're like Starbucks, but for like some sort of like cheap novelty store kind of thing. That's what it is. But anyway, um, I almost got hit by a sea turtle. Um, <laughs> Oh, I think I stepped on a sea urchin because I had a thing on my foot for the plane ride home, and it really sucked. Um, Wait, what? You just had a they... giant spiky urchin on the plane? <laughs> well... You didn't notice? You didn't know what it was? <laughs> it was? The funny thing was airport security was just like, we can't help this guy. Just set, put him on the plane. Send him out of here. But now you're going to infect the mainland. Uh, oh, man. Hey, Ryan, is... do you remember? I think you were there, Ryan. When we um, when we were on Kauai and that, that big... Um, Big fat guy yelled at us. <laughs> yeah, because we broke his plastic chain. Look, there was, well, actually, look, but, we didn't no, break it. But. No, we didn't. Let me preface this. Nick broke it, and but first, that's my brother. But so there was, we were just at in this like weird shack thing, and there was a single plastic chain link that was just draped along these two poles, and we were just. My brother's like, "What is this even doing here?" And he just poked it, and it fell, and then of course. The big fat guy was, and that has nothing to do, him being big or fat has nothing to do with the story, but that's how I remember him as a kid. But he just started yelling at us, little kids, and he just got so upset. And we were like, we're sorry. Do you want your chain link? And he was like, the hell with you. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Man, what a story. That's That's the governor of Hawaii. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) Do you remember that, Ryan? I do remember that. I'm oh, so good. glad you brought that up for this podcast. <laughs> we can all relive that memory. All right, good. Um, speaking of speaking of um, Hawaii getting angry at you, I saw um, downsizing while I was on the plane. That makes this is going to relate somehow. It did make me angry. The fact that uh, Matt Damon was shrunk and not murdered instead, and actually, it was a pretty good time at the movies. That downsizing. I didn't expect it to take itself so seriously, but it 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 kind of did. It was pretty good times. <laughs> I, I I mean, no, I don't think anyone else. I think you're the only person I know who's seen that movie. And it felt weird seeing it on the plane too, because everyone was looking at me like, "What are you watching?" And I was like, "I don't want to explain." <laughs> By answering the question uh, right. with one word, <laughs> <laughs> it is one word downsizing. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, downsizing recommendation oh, man. from Vince. Yeah. It was also funny because halfway through the movie, there was some turbulence, and Carter, my son, was sitting in between me and Paige, and this is like at 2 in the morning, so everyone's asleep, and he just rolls right out of his seat, 
and he like is rolling on the floor down the aisle. And so I have to go and chase him. And he doesn't wake up the entire time. And it's great. And then I just pick him up and I hold him for the rest of the movie and he just stays asleep. Carter's big What an ending. That story. What about you, Ryan? Uh no, I've never rolled down a, <laughs> an airplane. Asleep. Not while asleep. Right. <laughs> it's never Damn. happened. <laughs> Anyone else check out some movies or shows? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I kind of stole the show there. I'm sorry, uh, everybody. I can't follow that. Nothing yeah, we, can live up to Hawaii and plane rolling and sleep <laughs> sleeping babies rolling down planes. Gosh. Don't forget Earl the Pufferfish and Turtles. <laughs> what, what have you done since our last talk? Uh, I've seen Talk-y some talk. shows. Uh, yeah, so I finished Santa Clara Day to Diet. Uh, <laughs> That's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I saw Santa Clara Day, Day to Diet. Didn't make it um, and uh, see, so yeah, I finished, or I'm almost done with season two of the Lemmy Snicket show. Um, and yeah, saw a quiet place. Okay. Oh, did anybody watch Lost in Space? I heard uh, that's it's, good. It's uh, up on my list yeah. uh, now that I have also <clears throat> I have also finished Santa Clarita Diet and finished a series of unfortunate events. Luckily, just in time to move into what is supposed to be this really fantastic Lost in Space. So, yeah, why not? Let's move into that. I'm behind on all those shows. I've seen season one of Clarita Diet and, and Lemony Snicket, but... But I have I need to watch season two. I'm making my way through Jessica Jones season two still, and behind I'm so far behind. Timothy Oliphant yeah. is just a treat. Yeah. That man is just a treat. He is. He's a national treasure. I really hope he's from America. He probably isn't. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? what? He's a national met... treasure just for whatever nation he's from. <laughs> well, yeah, but like that's that's. Oh, you're just saying you say... don't want another country to have that treasure. You want it. Well, to be... yeah, like we always say, Tom Hanks is a national treasure, and that. I, what if we I found mean, out he wasn't American? What if he found out he was like from Sweden, like this whole time? Sweden. He wouldn't be America's sweetheart anymore. Is Nicolas Cage a national treasure, or was he just in no. a national treasure? He's no. just in Why do we have every well, episode he... has to involve us talking about national treasure? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm making, I'm setting that precedent. I think it needs to be set. Uh, oh, I did watch that mute movie. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. That was quite. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wait, it was really interesting. Yeah. It's a Netflix yeah. show. It's by the same director as um, Duncan Jones. Duncan yeah. Jones, who I Moon like, and, except yeah. for World of Warcraft. But yeah, yeah oh, so, source code so right now he... he's fifty-fifty now. But yeah. but uh, so I was I was hopeful because it looked like it was going to be kind of like a cyberpunk noir kind of thing, and mm-hmm. it just kind of was all over the place. Also had yeah. Paul Rudd, who I also love. And he was good in the film. Yeah, oh. and it was, it was just a weird film. Like, it was, I, yeah, it was odd. Yeah, it was just odd. I it's Space free on Netflix, odd. so I can't Dirty. unrecommend it, but yeah. I also can't recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also okay. I'm playing I'm playing through Nino Cooney right now. Oh yeah, I am also playing through that game. It is a visual delight. Yeah, they, did you say Menahuni? I said yep. Nino Cooney, which stands because... it's Japanese for another world. Oh. Hmm. Manahuni's a Hawaiian thing. <laughs> we get, get it. You're, <laughs> You're just the master of Hawaii now. Right? I am. I actually Earl own 40% of away. Hawaii. Uh, well, their sandwiches did. I learned the truth. Uh, uh, Sean and I actually played through A Way Out together, which is oh, that's right. a two-player game. That was... Uh, that was a delight from yeah. the guy that created Brother, A Tale of Two Sons. Yeah, and I love Brothers a lot. I thought that the gameplay itself mm. wasn't anything revolutionary, but the way it was told and without giving away spoilers, the ending was really, really well done. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it kind of in the same vein as that game. It was a two-player game, though. Um, but it was definitely worth experiencing. I, I think Chris and I both agree, though, that there was like a few moments where like, oh, man, this could have been even cooler if they had done this. Yeah, it's. I have to imagine that... It was split screen for the fact that it was also a couch co-op game as well, which isn't very common nowadays, but they offered that, which is cool. I just wish they had offered an option to turn off the split screen. Imagine a little bit like Uncharted and like a Heavy Rain or Quantum Dreams type game um, kind of mashed together, like kind of third person action adventure, but with a lot of quick time events and um, you're working together, you're two 
players breaking out of jail working together. Anyway, it's really fun. Recommend it. And the coolest part <laughs> two is... Two brothers. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's just two brothers. It's two brothers. It's, only one person has to buy it. The other person plays yeah. for free. Anyways. Also, okay. you get to you get to do chores around an old couple's home. Yeah, you just don't give it away. Oh, that's the best part. That's the ending. Um, that's the finale. Okay. So yeah, any of those things, those are all good things. People check out or don't don't check out mute. I guess check out two brothers or check out what was it called? A way out. A way out. <laughs> check out a way out. Don't check out mute and send a clear to diet and lemony snicket. All things that happen. Man, I really. I mean, we can get into this later, but I really like that show. It's something about like the visual style of it. It just pops. Which so, one? It's so it? Yeah, it is so. Yeah. In- we can maybe oh. we can do an episode on that. Yeah, Let us know if do. you want to hear about an episode about That's us true. talking about that one show. Because I've never read the books, and I am all in on this show. Granted, it's supposed to end after season three. Chris doesn't know how to read, so it doesn't say a lot. Right. I only listen to audiobooks. I would actually listen to that audiobook if it was narrated by Patrick Warburton. Oh, yeah, be that would be interesting. Um, we're just gonna just abandon any. Um, attempt to avoid spoilers we found that it was just it's not worth it so um if you don't want to be spoiled you should probably stop listening if you don't mind being spoiled or you've already seen the film continue on um so yeah uh quiet place came out two weeks ago a week and a half ago oh and quiet place a family is forced to live in silence well, hiding from creatures that hunt by sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, okay. So last time we tried to do like a, a quick descriptor of it, and I was just like, "Why are we trying to do this off the top of our heads? Let's just give them the IMDb." <laughs> well, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. Um, but anyway, so that's the premise. If you have got, people have probably seen the trailers and know what it's about. Um, but uh, well, let's just get into it. I enjoyed this film. In fact, I've seen this film twice. Uh, Dang, you must have really yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, both times I saw it for free. I don't. Does that matter? <laughs> but uh, and by free, he means he just walked in. And nobody stopped him. Yeah. Uh, no, I really enjoyed the film. Like, uh, it's been a while since a film I think has maintained that level of like for me anyway suspension and tension um, really well um, throughout its entire running time. Um, I thought it was good performances. The, the the story itself wasn't anything revolutionary, but I thought it was just done well. And anyways, that's yeah. Uh, I also I, I I definitely really liked it. However, the hype on that thing it was just so large. At the end of the day, I just I was like, this is definitely a really solid and cool movie. Though I don't think it's quite as unique as everybody pitches it out to be you know like, anyone, well okay we'll, we'll go yeah, yeah I, well i wouldn't say that it's like it's it's a unique movie i just think that it was done really well and considering it was john krasinski's like i, I don't know if it was if it's his directorial debut but it's probably his first step into like horror i think that it, he did a pretty good job also a very smart idea to choose like the farm kind of setting because there's so many good possibilities for a horror movie and for like a a suspenseful thriller to be in that setting i mean i look at signs as a good example of all the things you can kind of do in a farm and i think it it did a really good job of like keeping you tense with every scene especially when they stepped out of the house and like when you know like okay there's gonna gonna be a cornfield kind of scene there's gonna be like this and this and that and it feels like they hit all those pretty well uh, yeah, I agree. I also really like the film. Um, See, I don't think no that bars. the film was trying to do anything like original uh, exactly. Uh, it was definitely yeah. had its own unique take on the genre. Some of the storytelling was somewhat by the book, uh, but I thought all the world building and kind of just how they told the story was very uh intuitive they it didn't really have to explain things to the audience the audience kind of picked it up as the movie progressed and i really uh, appreciated that uh, yeah element. one thing i like like i think just comparing this to the last movie that we saw which did a lot of narrative storytelling this was the direct opposite you learned everything by watching the characters and you know paying attention to the movie you didn't have to be told things it, it was more just watching just the setting, seeing, reading the articles that you could kind of see on the wall, and just, I really like that version of storytelling in a movie significantly more than what was in Ready Player One. Damn, yeah, it's kind of uh, apples to oranges right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in terms of the world building, yeah, I mean, they did a good job, just in, even though it wasn't 
really that subtle um, in the couple opening, not opening, but uh, early on in the montage shots of just like the newspapers and stuff. Again, it was stuff that you could pick out and pick up. It wasn't um, just narration or, hey, this character going, hey, remember, I guess no one could talk in the movie, but you know, hey, remember a year ago when the aliens invaded and killed everyone on Earth and we couldn't talk anymore and this and this and that. Well, it made it, it was storytelling in a much more authentic kind of organic way. Um, yeah, and I think it goes a long way. It goes a long way to in in immersing your audience, at least for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I would also say this m- might be my favorite performance from Emily Blunt. Yeah, I thought she was really good, actually. And both kids, actually, both of the kids, I thought were awesome. Even yeah. though the, the girl's getting a lot of credit. Uh, mm-hmm. not credit. I mean, deservedly. So she was actually deaf too. I didn't realize he was actress. The actress is yeah. really deaf, but, um, the, the son too, I thought he was like really good. Yeah. A couple, uh, just like didn't have a lot of like big scenes, but the ones that did stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, well, let's kind of just kind of go through it a little bit. So the opening, um, like the prologue where they're just in the store and the family kind of get to know the family um and you want to kill that little kid and then guess what he gets killed <laughs> i i will always give props to a movie that is willing to kill a little kid no i mean i will always give props to a movie that's willing to show that there are actual consequences yeah, yeah right yeah. a lot of times like you might get like a, a cheaper horror film or whatever where it's just like oh they get off with kind of like a warning kind of like maybe they get injured a little or something like that but it was like no this is a, a world where your actions will have consequences. If you make a sound, you put yourself in extreme danger, mm-hmm. right? And it, so it was definitely a, a really good start to the film because you're just like, okay, they have a reason to, you know, be really careful. They've seen this go bad, really bad. And it also adds to a lot of the character drama, obviously, later on the between the dad and the daughter and stuff, you know, like it felt very organic overall and... Like I said, it's just always fun to watch a kid get killed. <laughs> I was actually surprised that we saw the monster so or the alien so early. Like I was kind of expecting them to hold off. I mean, I know we don't get a good shot of it, but you do kind of see like I didn't yeah. know exactly what it was going to look like and I'm 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 glad that they waited till much later in the film to like show like the real details of like its face and everything and but I didn't expect to see it that that early honestly yeah i mean just the little bit they did show i think it was i mean obviously it was all setting up right and so i think by if they had not shown us anything i don't think i don't think we would have been as a as a tune to with the family right because the family knows what's there and to us it would have removed us and put a little bit of distance between us and the emotional like place of the family and just kind of what the fear they is so just by giving us a little we already get the sense that okay this isn't just like i don't know some fake thing like we know what this is and we know it's awful and would, we know it's dangerous yeah. would you call this a horror film i don't know if i'd call it a horror. i mean if i had to say horror comedy then yes <laughs> but <laughs> Like I it, guess it was definitely it seemed more of like it's just like a general thriller drama yeah. than but it's marked as like a horror film everywhere yeah. I see it. it's just like not not that that's problematic per se but it's like it wasn't very scary in the sense of horror like there were suspenseful scenes but that they always lent more towards like a thriller to me than so, like oh, I mean I, I it's kind of one of those nebulous things how do you define it like do you, I would call do you call Jaws a horror film most people would even though you don't like right there's no axe murderer. Yeah, yeah horror okay. does kind of bring up the ideas that there is running from a killer yeah or whatever uh, okay yeah i don't know uh i did like the design of the monster overall it just kind of being like a giant ear like it, that's what he uh i was reading a, an article and he's like the idea was it's supposed to kind of resemble like the inside of your ear and stuff like that yeah, I mean, they and then later in the film when they get into more detail and he show and how it kind of acts, you kind of could do a good job of filling in the blanks of how this creature has. I just liked it that it seems so it did not belong in this world, and I think it was just a really good job from the just the art direction, the visual style of not just the alien but of the setting itself. Like you, it's this very rural farm, mm-hmm. just like I don't know wherever it is, Midwest or you know. But that alien mm-hmm. felt like something out of like 
Bloodborne or I don't know Quake or you know what I mean. Like this yeah. does not belong here, and it was very apparent. Like I thought, I thought it was just a really well designed kind of contradiction in visuals. Yeah, yeah. I thought it when I first saw it. I thought, okay, this looks a little too much like the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. I don't know if any of you guys saw that at all. Like saw it, picked up on that. Uh, I mean, I could kind of see that. This because like his head is opening up, that kind of deal. Is that yeah. what you mean? Mm-hmm. It's a, I, mean, I hadn't I guess, thought of that until you said that, but I could see it now. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I think yeah they did a good enough job with uh. With like having obviously the differences, I kind of expected the way that like considering they obviously knew that sound, you was was the thing that like triggered it that they wouldn't have more things set up around the farm to like distract them like as sounds like I don't know like some sort of like. Like grenades or something, some sort of way to detonate something to cause more sounds. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I mean, they have obviously a very pretty complicated system of communication just with like lights. Um, like, mm-hmm. you know, they turn, they don't ever explain it, but when you hit that switch, it turns the lights red and that means there's danger, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they do a lot of good stuff like that. And since it's clear that they're pretty good with electronics and just circuitry or wiring and what have you, they would maybe set up like a remote sound alarm that they hit a switch and then it just makes a beacon go off way into the woods to yeah you know yeah like that's simple and just and it could they could have a bunch of them set up so that the monsters are always traveling to different spots and like not not to them well kind of kind of going into that was i mean it didn't make me enjoy the movie any less but i almost like obviously once it starts becoming very clear what their weakness is you're just like how Literally, how did nobody think of this before? They're a giant ear that tracked by sound. Somebody would have thought, hmm, high frequency is something we should definitely try. <laughs> like, some, yeah. some, but there are a lot of smart people in this world. Somebody would have suggested that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, right, if we start breaking it down, like, logically, I, I think humans would easily find a way to defeat these monsters. But I think one of the things that I like about the film is that it doesn't get too you know slog down into like the mechanics of these aliens or the world or anything it's just like yeah these people are just trying to survive and like yeah as viewers we have this you know objectivity where oh if i was in this situation i would do right but that's not what the film's really about uh you know it's, it's more about this this family and their relationships and trying to survive this both on a very like on a real sense just not get murdered uh, but then also to survive as like a family unit, right? Because there's a yeah. lot of tension between the relationships between characters that, you know, is there to and to threaten to destroy the family. Yeah, it, and like, yeah, what it means to be a family. Like, I think that was the main message to take away at the end of it. And like, again, are glad we're in spoilers, but the fact that like John Krasinski's character, he had to die, I think, for the movie to really like hit home with that kind of message. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I kind of guess I, I know what you're saying. There had to be, like, that that level of sacrifice, you know, because at the end where he's, he, he reestablishes to the daughter who, you know, swore that he didn't give a crap about her anymore. You know, he's like, I'm doing this for you. I love you. I always have. You know, like, yeah, that had to happen. That was the whole point. I mean, I kind of got that, too. I, I don't know if he had to die is maybe, but I do think... Right. It to me, it was less about him showing. I mean, it was about him like showing. Oh yeah, obviously, I still love you too. But I think there was an element of him not trust. He it's not that he never loved her; it's that he didn't trust her. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think by the when at the end when he basically sacrificed himself, he's realized like, okay, I I have to try. I trust you now to be an adult. You don't need me anymore, and I have to trust that you're able to live on. Like you're a, like you're able to survive without me. Mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. that's ultimately kind of what this is about. Uh, but also going back to uh, Vince's idea of like, why don't they have more things? So to distract him off in the distance. So they very clearly know that. I mean, we go to like the waterfall, right? And he's like, oh, here, it, we're, we're freaking fine here. Yeah. So the question becomes, why were they at the farm? Why oh. not be closer to the water? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, and, it, and it's kind of, like, the other thing, like, every, I would just carry around glass bottles with me everywhere I went, so I could just, like, throw them every, anytime, right. and it was like, ching, whatever, and there's a certain amount of that is, like, yeah, and I, I'm sure, 
people have done that and maybe they do things like that. And there's not like an easy answer. I think to me, the closest I could come up with is just like, you don't really think it's that hard until you're living that, right? Like, I think that's part of it. And I think to an extent that kind of lends itself to parenthood, right? Because it's also, the movie's a lot about parenthood. It's like, well, why don't you just raise your kid like this? Like, like you haven't had a kid. You have no idea what it's like to raise a kid, right? I mean, why did you do that? Why did you punish him for that or not punish him for that? Why did you give him that and not give him that? Like, well, okay, yeah, obviously it seems easy and perfect to do things on the outside, but when you're living that case every moment of your life, obviously things, you're not, not everything you do is going to be perfect and make sense in this logical, you know, way. So, I yeah, don't know. You just, you got to do it the best way that you can in, in each specific moment kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, just kind of, just kind of working through the thoughts I had coming out of the movie, really. Not, like, I don't think any of these, that, like, made me like I said before, enjoy it any less. Yeah. Or I'm not holding these these things against the movie because, I mean, the movie has to, you know, have things, you know, twists and stuff. They, it has to put the family in danger. Otherwise, what's the point of the movie, right? But yeah. it's just things I was thinking about. Just like when they were in the grain silo and they were sinking. Mm-hmm. How come the monster didn't sink? <laughs> that thing with its mass, you think it would have sank a lot quicker. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's probably pretty <laughs> too, I guess. No. I, I really enjoyed that scene. Uh, I don't know if I've actually seen uh, a scene in a film that's quite like that. I mean, there's like a, a quicksand scene, but just the idea of like, oh yeah, falling in a silo full of corn grains would be horrifying. Like that's a, it was a very suspenseful scene. It was very effective for something that you think, oh, it's just it's just a silo of grains. Like who cares? Well, and and, and people, hundreds of people die every year. Oh really? Yeah, that's oh. a really bad in the Midwest, like in farm. Like, <laughs> Wait, I'm how? not kidding. There's hundreds of people die in farm but, silos, greenhouses. But what? How? Yes. <laughs> because they fall in when they're like milling, or I don't know. I mean, oh really? Yeah. Wow. And maybe not hundreds, but a lot more than you would think. Okay, I think my last, my last thing that I was thinking about, like in terms of like why this was. Why was the dad so against his daughter going down into his basement? Like, there was literally nothing there except for proof of his love and caring for the family. There's no reason why she shouldn't have gone down there. Yeah, I yeah. I wasn't sure about that either. And I mean, know, I, so obviously I get it for the revelation at the end, you know, but like... Well, it's not really a revelation because... Well, whatever. Well, whatever for, you want to call you it. You know what I'm saying. But, um... I think to me it was just more about going back to that trust issue, but it was kind of confusing, especially just the geography of the situation because I didn't like, yeah. wait, what is there two houses? And then it took a second of being, Oh, there is two houses. That's what's going on here. Because like, wait, didn't they just flood the basement and wait, yeah. now they're in the basement. And like, why is she sneaking into her own house? Like all these things. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, there's two places. There's mm-hmm. a giant farm. <laughs> um, yeah. That also, was yeah. confusing for me as well, actually. Yeah. Also, why don't they just sand the whole ground? Why don't they just put <laughs> yeah. sand on the sand, Put sand everywhere. Well, I think I think in in terms of the house, it was where the wood wasn't creaky. Oh, uh, yeah. But, that's true. Uh, also, the, man, what a jerk that old guy was. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. It's just like, hey, I understand you're distressed. I'm here with my kid. You want to die? That's cool. Just let me get out of here. <laughs> you just want to end that actor, that way he did his little mouth. God, I, I just want to punch that mouth. Even when he's like, right, he's like you know how like, he bunched up his mouth? Like, that? Just like, I don't know. I wonder. So, like, if, say, because I don't remember a scene specifically where the monster was, like, super in somebody's face and they, like, threw something and made a sound to have it go the other way. You know what I'm saying? Nobody ever did that. The closest, I think, was when Emily Blunt's character was in the basement with the egg timer. Yeah. However, yeah. there was also when she was in the flooded basement right. and it was right in her face. Yeah. And then somebody made a sound outside that drew its like, attention. Well, I because I was always expecting, like, okay, this is a random thing to reference. But there's a scene in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets after the basilisk gets... Um, like blinded by the the phoenix which I hate all if, these words if, yeah if nobody's seen that's the like the most magical thing you've ever heard that <laughs> sentence after the basilisk gets blinded by the phoenix it's like chasing harry in the tunnels and it's blind but it has him cornered and it, it's like it can kind of smell him but he grabs a rock and throws it down like another tube of the tunnel and it distracts it so that it goes that way i just expected there'd be a scene kind of like that where like people are kind of making sounds 
or like you know somebody throws something or makes yeah, it that's what does I mean. something like... to cause a sound in a different area to distract the monster right when it's in their face like the the egg timer thing is close but it wasn't quite like the I mean, you're right. Emily Blunt should have thrown her baby. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought the baby was already eaten when she woke up. Honestly, oh, I was that whole time. I didn't think he was eaten, but I was hoping that <laughs> that it was. Chris, why do you hope that babies? Are I was hoping that maybe there'd be like that that choice where it's just like she cannot get to the baby without her or it dying. Right. And oh, so, also, those things so swimming just, in the water is horrifying. Yeah, that was pretty scary. But yeah. there's no. But how would it hear anything in the water? No, I was gonna say yeah. in the water, sound hear better. better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I guess I wouldn't hear anything as well up. But anything in the water, the sound waves are gonna carry way better underwater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, just kind of, as a whole, I think one of the things I liked most about the film was like you know in a movie when you, when a character has to oh no we gotta we gotta swim under this tunnel and get to the next area. <laughs> Uh, and you have to, like, when the character does that, you're like holding your breath also. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this film, I did that for me, except it was like every single scene. I'm just yeah. saying I only breathed like two times <laughs> in the whole film. Well, yeah. Like, no, you know, cause you don't like, you're yeah. like, oh, I can't, I, you know, you're like you not making sound. Like you, you, yeah. So I was, gonna, after I, I was talking, I saw it with friends the first time, but we were talking or walking out. I was like, I think this is the only film that I've been in when the audience, members of the audience was shushing the film itself. You know what I mean? Like when, especially uh, when like Emily Blunt is like she's like she's going into labor and she's like breathing really heavy and stuff. Yeah, people in the audience were like, "Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. That's great. Like yeah, that's I know. the awesome. fact that like a movie, like a horror movie, can do that. Because like if you think about it, like with movies today, like I was so afraid because the audience that saw this movie that I would say that the average age was like eighteen. Maybe even like like they were all teenagers. You, you gotta know, love like, those PG thirteen horror movies, right, guys? That worked at the movie theater. Yep. Well, okay, yep. maybe maybe they're even younger. But like everybody was on their phone before the movie started, and I was like, oh god, I swear, if people are texting or like there's some sort of distraction when this movie, which I know is gonna be a movie that's gonna have like no sound for most of it, it's gonna suck. It's gonna ruin the experience. But everybody was engaged, and that has to do with the quality of the film and the way that it was it was made. Yeah, definitely. Both times I saw it, it was definitely, it, I didn't have any of those, you know, distractions or experiences and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. People knew they were on watch in that movie. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true, yeah. Even They're people with their popcorn were like, "Yeah, how can I eat this without <laughs> making any sound? <laughs> oh, I guess I'm not eating my popcorn in this movie. <laughs> Throw it on the ground. Well, I, I was actually thinking, I don't necessarily think this was intended, but I was kind of thinking, like, I wonder if it was a commentary on movie theaters. They're supposed to be a quiet place, and if you make a sound, like, they kill you like that's like huh. a fun yeah. metaphor oh, for like a that. movie theater itself i did so i was reading an article with john krasinski and he was talking about how much fun he had uh, in the audio room after filming oh. it and he was just like because it's a movie that takes place in a quiet world essentially like they had so much fun with sound effects and stuff because it was just like crank those suckers up to 11 let the oh, yeah. let the suspense draw like Everybody. let's let people know how loud the world actually is even though we can't hear it because we're that much louder yeah. you know like and so every footstep even if it was like a soft footstep you could still kind of hear that footstep mm-hmm. and you're always just like does it take to draw one of these things <laughs> i know you're never <laughs> quite sure the level like sometimes you're like oh that was too I, okay i guess it wasn't too we'll loud survive, we'll survive. And, yeah <laughs> do they just They'll destroy whatever's making the sound. Yes. Like they just, it seems like they hate sound. Whatever yeah. it is about them, they don't like yeah, sound. Yeah, I guess that was one question I had too. I, they I, don't it definitely eat. really shows it. It implies they eat it. They're hunting, that, so they're eating yeah. it, but they don't no, show it. They don't eat. Are you sure? Like when they yeah. kill the old man, it shows him going back with his mouth into the. Uh, they just kill for the most part. They they don't. But eat. how do you, like, why do you think do you, that? How do you know? I was reading articles, meta. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Oh, well, well, then what do they the do? Like, because, like, because there was the uh, another good way you can view that was there was the woman, right? The the dead woman that the yeah. old, your scrunchy yeah. face old man. Yeah, I guess she wasn't eating her. Yeah, like she that, was all of her guzzers lying out. You don't pass up a meal. Like but I that. suppose That's then, like, in, in that case, then what do they think the waterfall is? Why don't they just go constantly attack the water? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. around like a dog in the ocean. Or, I mean, like. Like, say you have a drone with a microphone on it. Like, (laughs) isn't that the ultimate tool? Yeah, just, like, lure it around everywhere. I did, well, yeah. I mean, I did like, actually, how that wasn't so much of a, like, it was an interesting dystopia, you know, future where it wasn't like, we're back to sticks and forks and nothing, sticks and whatever, stones. 
because they still had like their iPod and they were yeah. listening to music and there was still electronics and it's like oh yeah I guess you could still have a lot of modern like conveniences to an extent it's just like a weird it's just like a such a different kind of world that you all these things you don't really think about mm. in terms of how it affects you know the, the audio output and stuff After the... I would have liked to see what would have happened if one of these things got loose in like a big city would it just like go berserk yeah. like like what if you dropped one in the middle of Times Square but I feel like that was implied that that had happened, and you just have to just, assume it was a massacre yeah, through the newspapers. Everything. Because, I mean, obviously in the beginning, you see him trying to get in contact with the world. So clearly this is a worldwide epidemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's not... It, they they were killing everybody and everything, mm-hmm. even in the cities. That happened. Maybe maybe we'll get a sequel, and it'll be their, their landing in New York City. I also heard that this was almost going to be part of the... Um, oh, I was going to bring that up. I was going to yeah, bring yeah. that up. It, it kind of smelled like it could have been. It, yeah, yeah the, the the director, or the writer, sorry, the writers came out and said that back when they were doing it, or writing it, uh, they were definitely, they, the option was there for yeah, it to be a, Cloverfield, yeah. a Cloverfield movie while they were working on 10 Cloverfield Lane and things like that. And they're like, oh yeah, this could kind of fit in here, you know, like... But then in the end, they decided this is unique enough that we can market it without the clover. They want it to be its own IP and stuff, which I'm glad that they did. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I also so another thing we kind of talk about is the pacing. Um, like so, aside from the prologue, it nothing really happens in terms of with the monsters until halfway into the film, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it's more or less kind of standard film story structure but usually there's something that kind of ups the threat level as you're going but nothing until she steps on that nail like that for that's like 40 minutes of just them living their lives and mm-hmm. you don't despite that it never feels like it's less or boring or slow yeah. or anything right i mean kind of i mean you see on the board that there's three in the area right yeah and i think before she steps on the nail we see the one killed the old man it's right about, or it's right beforehand. But because yeah, I think that's why he was even close enough in that area to suddenly get to yeah. Emily Blunt's character so quickly. But but well, anyway. So then that half point fit, and then the whole rest of the movie is just nonstop. Like you are already building up tension, even though nothing has happened yet, right? You just mm-hmm. are so ingrained in the world, and you understand the threat. Like, and so then when stuff starts happening. It's just like a non-stop marathon till mm-hmm. or sprint, I guess. It's a marathon distance sprint because you just never could like release the the waterfall, which is before that moment. Though is the only. It's so cathartic when that act. You're like, oh my god, human voice like it just you would never yeah. think that such a that has such an impact. Well, I mean, that's, on you. that's basically how you have to write stories, right? Yeah. Like there really isn't ever. I mean, it's really rough on the audience to just have it just constantly build, build, and build. You have to have oh, like, yeah. that release point. Otherwise, your audience is just going to get tired out and they're going to be so exhausted by the time you even get to the good stuff. So I, I wondered, the the hearing aid thing that uh, that the girl had, did it pretty much make her untouchable to the aliens? Well, if she had it on. <clears throat> when she had it on. So, like, say... John Krasinski or somebody else put one of those things on too. Would it have been like a protective shield? Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't get the sense that like she was invincible because it, it kind of makes a point like it the, the the monster destroys the TV at the end. So there's mm-hmm. a certain like it, it just basically is a goes into even enraged mode. Yeah, I think I think if when it was happening in the basement, she was very much touchable, right? Because yeah. it's a very enclosed space. This thing is just freaking out. So she definitely, it's not like it makes her, like it's not going to come close to her. It's, it puts it in a lot of pain and causes it to want to get away from it. Right. So mm-hmm. when you first see it happen, it had a very clear out because it was just out in the open. It was just like, not this way, not this way. But when it's like in the basement, it's just like, I got nowhere to go. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, so another... Okay, I lied. I had one more thing that was very <laughs> weird to me. So, there's this... At the end, the kids are near the truck. John Krasinski's near a tractor thingy. And he's going. And the thing's crouched in the rafter for whatever reason. And then it just swipes at him, even though he's not really making a noise. Yeah, I wasn't... Yeah. Sh- I didn't... And the other thing too is, is like what, like because usually in a situation like that, especially in horror or thriller movies, it's as a result of a character making a mistake or you know like they're punished. 
but like was his mistake he went back for the weapon you know what i mean like why like are yeah. we to imply that if he kept walking with his kids he would have been fine or no yeah, or you know yeah I mean? that was a little odd especially since he, so he swings at it the actual mm-hmm. goings on of that what happened he swings at it and it hits him knocks the thing away and then it shows that he's injured on in his like stomach I was a little, I was like, wait, what just happened? I was a little very, uh, just confused by the action of the event, like, Mm -hmm. that scene. I didn't get it. Also, what what occurred. Also, immediately following that, the the big, the big scene, right? Do you feel like the scream was really necessary? Did it have to be a scream? Like, what if if it, instead of him doing the sign language, I've always loved, I'm signing right now, very terribly. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) instead of doing, like, the sign language... Like, would it have actually been more powerful if he had spoken that? And yeah, that I had been, like, what told him. He's just like, he's like... Well, she wouldn't have heard it. Yeah, that's... What? Right. She's deaf. Chris, I she's deaf. the whole thing is she's a deaf. Oh, right. <laughs> Jesus, Chris. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no, but I think that, that the happen. scream... Well, the reason why I actually liked it is because it felt so, like... Like somebody who hasn't screamed in such a long time and is just yeah. like letting it out, kind of yeah. thing. Like, he had just screamed at the waterfall. Well, but yeah. I mean, like, okay, <laughs> it's a moment where he knows she he's was die. deaf, Vince. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. It did feel like it. I mean, again, I think it kind of goes back to him just like a release of just the responsibility, right? Of I mean, not in a bad way, not in a way of like, oh, I'm going to abandon my family, but in a way of like, all right, I'm leaving it to them now. I have to like, and that just, ev- that everything that he had bottled up, he was able to just kind of. Why'd he put and, down the axe though? Give it one final swing, you know? Well, he had to get their attention first. I don't know. Because that's what got its attention at first was to drop the axe. I don't know. <laughs> he could have just said, hey, hey, you, hey. And then it hey, turned around. Hey, hey, come, come and get me. Hey. <laughs> well, I don't know. So say he did that and then he threw the axe like into the house. Wouldn't it have made a loud noise? Yeah. But yeah, it may have. It was, I mean, first of all, it was a short distance. Then we saw that these things are pretty, pretty quick. Man, all they needed to do was like give all the creatures like headphones or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe play some wing songs. <laughs> uh, two, two things I really liked. And Slash didn't like because it's like, oh, <laughs> dang you, dang you movie. I know what's happening here. It, uh, so the first one was the nail, right? And he was yeah. like, you're kind of like raising a middle finger to the movie. You're just like, okay, yeah, well, that's yeah, not we, coming back into play. Well, obviously. Right. Kind of like, and then they showed it again later in the movie. I know, like, like, and no. you think the kids like, are no. like, tell your dumb kid not to step on it. I they thought they were going to step on it. That and then so they don't funny. step on it. So then I'm thinking, oh, is the alien going to step on it? Is that their one weakness? Nails <laughs> in their claw. They found out. <laughs> But then so, it never comes with play. So the yeah. nail thing, obviously, it's kind of like that That whole thing was so obvious, but it was good. It was good. And they kind of fooled me because they spent so much time emphasizing how the river could protect you. I could have swore they would have ended back there in the climax. Oh, yeah. No, I could have seen they that. They didn't, but yeah. I thought I could have sworn they could were. Well, know, actually, like, going on the nail thing, I like. I don't know if this was intentional. I think it was, and I'm not quite sure what to make of it quite yet, but I there was a lot of foot imagery in the movie. Mm-hmm. The very first shot of the film is little feet running across the ground. They're constantly showing, obviously it's all about, they're always barefoot and they're showing how they're step, feet, stepping in the sand. And then obviously with the nail in the foot and like, there's just all these feet imagery throughout the film. And I partially, I think it's, you know, uh, pairing it with like the weird claws that they're so alien and different, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. just like, well, when does that mean? Oh, they have to be grounded or they're, I, you know, it just like is a weird yeah. thing, which I thought was intentional, but I, I was just kind of, I don't know fetish. what you guys thought about that. Did Yeah. I, I, I actually didn't really think about that that much, but now that you're like reminding me now, I kind of remember all the imagery of it. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was just reemphasizing like, Every step has to be so cautious, yeah, right? It. It's just like, yeah. and Emily Blunt was not very cautious, even though she tore that nail off. <laughs> Did yeah. it kind of remind you at all? I mean, some of the imagery, maybe in, not, I don't know. Necessarily also, why that, would they, they, but, they see a new nail? Oh, let's make that step. A good place to step. <laughs> <laughs> um, it follows. Did you get any It Follows vibes from this movie? 
Mm, not too much. Nah, not really. Nah. No. <laughs> well, damn it. That's not a good horror movie that I like. I like it the is, kind I, of movie where it's like this thing. I did not it, see it, any naked I, men on roofs. That it, didn't it, happen. Well, if anything, I thought it, it reminded me of um, Signs, actually. I think they yeah. have like in a rural, you know, larger home area. And well, that's like I was it. saying. That's That setting is really good for like a thriller. For a movie where you're always on the edge of your seat, I love like the cornfield setting. I really hate that scene in ET when he gets scared in the cornfield. That's the scariest <laughs> scene of all time in cinematic history, in my opinion. But uh, uh, yeah, I just think it's a good setting for horror movies. You heard it here first, that. gents. ET is the scariest movie of all time. <laughs> it's a horror. Honestly, that also, that like, creature. That's the most frightening monster ever created. (laughs) (laughs) They're related to the sound monsters in Quiet Place. The corn, like, it makes a point that it's a working farm. Like, how do they harvest all that corn without making a noise? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, the whole whole thing, why the farm? Because so you see, I think to me it's you, you just like that's their the, home. They're, they're, what are yeah. they going to do? You see in the distance, like all these other people that still. It's just like it seems like being underground is a pretty good thing to be. Well, I suppose, but again, like it's one thing to say, yeah, oh yeah, I would, say, but it's your home. This is where you live. Like, there's you. You're not really safe anywhere. Like you know, I guess. You know what I mean? In the sky, you go. Yeah. Let's live in a plane, or let's live on a boat, or something. But no, you're not going to leave your home. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's harder to leave your home than I think than I think most people think it is. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, in the beginning of the film, they have three kids, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, how are we going to take three kids on this crazy yeah. adventure? Unknowns, especially without car. Like, right? You're not going to be able to drive a car yeah. or anything. So what right. are you going to do? Yeah. Walk to an island or something? How irresponsible of it of them was it to have that kid like that was such a high risk i thought about that too <laughs> that was like, such an unnecessary high risk at that point any babies at they that already point, like, oh, they God. already have two kids and though so in terms of that they're like our generational thing it's already guaranteed to pass on you know whatever but yeah and then it's just like you know what would be really safe let's have another one because yeah. nobody ever screams during childbirth or anything <laughs> yeah. babies well, that, are known like to be that quiet baby, that baby for months is just gonna cry all the time. I don't know. That baby was really silent for being completely new. Well, they just have it's a, probably that dead. baby's going to be gassed. Yeah, it's gassing up. <laughs> baby's going to live the first three years of its life 90% of the time unconscious. I just figured that was oxygen. Well, oxygen I, I is a it was, gas. It's, well, it could be anything they want it to be, but I assumed it was some sort of, like, you know, laughing or, you know, knockout gas. Yeah, uh, I figured it was oxygen so they could close the freaking box on this thing to keep it muffled. Oh. And yeah, not, I think it, I think it was, but still, oxygen <laughs> oh. is gaseous. I don't know if that's better or worse than the knockout gas. <laughs> Knock out your baby. Uh, they should sell those in stores. It probably sell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, any other thoughts? Any any final thoughts on a quiet um, place? It would have been interesting, uh, no, but fairly on the verge of like comedy. If there was a specific sound that soothed. The, the creatures. <laughs> like, mean, I don't know what exactly. You mean if like, Black Widow came? Sun's getting real low, big guy. Sun's getting real low. Or what, what? is that? Mars Attacks where they play the certain oh, song yeah, and the it kills them? Music. Right? Yeah. The, I don't know. Something like that. Like, if Tony they Bench. played, like. Wasn't that just a high pitched song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Hear the beat, boys, and free my soul. <laughs> and they all start. <laughs> this explode. Uh. <laughs> That ending, he's just like, here's this oh, giant yeah. suspenseful thriller thingy, and we're gonna end it the way that a lot of horror movies decide to end themselves. A, a switch to the, was, I'm now a badass. Oh, I thought it was more like an <laughs> action ending. Like yeah. I felt like, but that's know, what I mean. It's like you have this thriller, and then they do what a lot of people do, where it's just like, we got we we got the secret. Let's get them, you know, cock the shotgun, cocky face. Now now they're invincible, right? Like, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I didn't think it was a normal horror ending. That, I, that was just me. I just thought it was like, oh, that's like, obviously it's a complete reversal from the normal their power position. Sci-fi right? Right? channel horror movie. I, well, just, yeah. <laughs> I guess. We I got, we got these sharknados. We're going to toss... <laughs> We're gonna toss dynamite into the tornado. Say not the word. We know how to take him down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I see. let's let's uh let's close it out. What what would you guys say your overall rating for the movie is? No, we don't Sean, want to rate first. it. We're not going to do those anymore. Well, then let's We could just many... say, we opened up with whether we liked it or not and everybody said they liked it. We don't need to grade it, you know. I mean, Who I'm not we? saying we should talk, we about to grade talk about this it in some final thoughts. Yeah, I just no, don't think yeah, we need to we... rate it is what I'd I I'd give it five John Out of how many? I did. Uh, I will say about John Krasinski's performance, he did just seem like Jim, a little more rugged. <laughs> Paul Bunyan, Jim, right? Jim from the op- he just felt like, yeah, that's probably like if yeah. Jim and Pam got married and moved to a farm and then got divorced and married and then aliens invaded. That's what. <laughs> that's what would have happened. That's Absolutely. Mary Poppins for you. <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, well, you guys know uh, that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are married, married. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Right. Yeah. It's kind of like good, good, good job, John Krasinski. You can stay married to Emily Blunt. You've earned it. <laughs> well, now, no, he's dead. He actually died in oh. real life. Oh, he sacrificed for. That was the last shot they filmed during. Oh, one thing we haven't talked about <clears throat> is how uh, a lot of people are picking up a political message out of this movie. Even though John Krasinski and Emily Blunt swear that they didn't create it with a political message in mind, people are actually pulling a political message out of it in uh, a similar manner of like Get Out and stuff. You know, like they view it as kind of like a metaphor for you know like how opinionated people are nowadays and how now it feels like with the way our country is we've just been kind of told to shut up you know oh eh, i could see that i i if anything i took more of a commentary on kind of gender roles i'm not being i'm not kidding too much i'm kind of saying <laughs> a little bit right because by the end of the film the he's the very is very traditional dominant male patriarch right Mm. And not necessarily in a toxic way, but right, it's a very always gets you killed. And throughout the film, like you could argue that he doesn't bring the girl to the waterfall because he doesn't trust her on this stuff. But ultimately, it's he's reinforcing this idea that the boy is going to be the one to take care of the family. But by the end of the film, the final shot is the boy in a very feminine, motherly role carrying the baby, and you have the women, the one with power were able to you know use force to take down the monster so i thought it was like mm. there's th- that can't be an accidental thing there was definitely some intent i think in some of those roles that kid was afraid of everything <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would be afraid of those things too yeah yeah well, it was kind of like in he the was same afraid way of that, like fish well like in avengers like thanos his story is all about vanity you know in the same way that you know today in america people just want the next like piece of jewelry thanos he just wants all those cool jones cool stones so it's it's all about vanity it's not about the destruction of earth i don't think that's what thanos is about. he just wants cool jewelry that's all right <laughs> hey tune uh, in next episode for a discussion of avengers infinity war since we're doing this about every two weeks that'll be right after that movie comes out however let's go back on the topic so one more time one more time <laughs> no, i think we were good that's right? what i was trying to yeah, do that was, God that was like the best segue, segue was into segue. the end of the show that was segue no no all right well <laughs> we no. segue when i say in we any segue. case quiet place Segways was fun recommend it check it out um Quietly. for the most part we'll think you'll get a good thrill good thrill out of it i don't know what you get out of it i liked it though well one thing's for sure it sure gave us something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's our sign out. Yes. <laughs>